Yeah, I, I'm having a lot of trouble with my Spanish lessons because I tend to default to fall. And of course, I'm supposed to use the Spanish for autumn. So it keeps fucking me up. What is the Spanish for autumn? Autumno, I think. Oh. Also, my Spanish is not going very well. So there's that. You know, if you just learned one of the Celtic languages, you wouldn't have that problem. Because it would just be? Follow if it's Gelga. And I'm sure Peter can tell us what it is in Welsh. It is Hadrev. See, so much easier. Which, which is the so much name for October in Welsh as well. So there's there's two autumns. There's, there's what they call mid-autumn and end-autumn. And those are different month names. Is there something similar for spring? Fake spring and then real spring? I don't think any of this. Well, there, there's a, a name for spring, but it doesn't tie into any of the month names. There needs to be a word for like, it's technically spring, but it really fucking sucks outside still. And then, oh good, now it's actually spring and there are pretty flowers. I think we yeah. just call that Massachusetts weather. <laughs> it's just New England. <laughs> okay. Northern latitudes. Hey, Ellen, welcome to Circle Talk. This is a podcast for seekers, initiates, and the curious by four Alexandrian witches with endless different opinions. We are your hosts. Hi, I'm James, a high priest and coven leader from just outside New Orleans, Louisiana. Hi, I'm Peter. I'm a coven leader and high priest in South Wales. Hi, I'm G, a high priestess and coven leader from the Boston area of Massachusetts. And I'm Josie, a high priestess and coven leader near Melbourne, Australia. So we are a podcast where we talk about Alexandrian witchcraft and we explore differing opinions on how the Alexandrian tradition is practiced in various covens around the globe. We'd like to remind our listeners that while we're all initiates of the Alexandrian tradition, we only speak for ourselves and not the tradition as a whole, which is an impossible thing to do. This is episode 10, our 10th episode over a span of five months, which is pretty incredible. If this is your first one, welcome. You might want to take a moment to pause this and go back to listen to our introductory material, episode zero and episode one, definitions, or check them out after you enjoy this one. This is our Sabbath special, and today we're going to be talking about our personal practices around this time of year and sort of touch upon what it is that our covens may be up to for the spring and autumn equinoxes. So have you ever heard of this tradition of putting an egg on its end at the spring equinox? This is an old folk custom belief have you ever tried it and does it even work i've never tried it i've wanted to try it but i've never tried it because i hear that it's not real so i thought no i'm not gonna try it i've done it with the kids it's fun for like two minutes did it work so yes. it is real yes ah. well it's it's real that an egg will stand on its end but it's not real that it, it has to be the equinox for it to happen However, I have never successfully made it stand on its end, so I think the whole thing is a myth. But you can do it anytime. I've I've done it on Equinox. I've never tried any other time, but I've done it. (laughs) So, therefore, as far as you know, it only happens on the Equinox. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take the anecdata for this one. We'll go with Causation and correlation and all that. This is getting murky for a Sabbath special already. With all of that said, we are going to talk today about the background of Uh, information on the equinox, uh, what we do for each of the equinoxes. So we've got two different hemispheres represented here, so two different equinoxes, and maybe give some suggestions for beginners and seekers. So high five, get on the broom, and let's go, witches. So what is an equinox astronomically? When we're talking scientifically about what's happening in space, 
An equinox is when the sun passes directly over the equator. And this results in roughly an equal amount of daylight and nighttime being derived from the Latin equi, equal, and nox, meaning night. So it's common to hold the equinoxes as the beginning of the spring and the beginning of the autumn seasons. So that's all the scientific textbook explanations, but energetically for witches, what's happening at these times? So I think for me, the beginning of, of the equinox, well, it's not even the beginning of spring for me because I've always seen the beginning of spring as the 1st of March. Now, some of our listeners might know that being Welsh, on the 1st of March, we celebrate Deedgal Dewi, which is a celebration of our patron saint in Wales, which is St. David. And I always get excited around the time of St. David's because of St. David's and the equinox. For me, it's all about the fact that spring is not, it's not in full swing just yet, but it has definitely started. The rain is a little bit warmer because you all know that that's all it does in Wales is rain. The rain is a little bit warmer. It's not as heavy. And the earth is, is just starting to wake up. It's just starting. You can definitely feel that change in the air and you can definitely feel that that change in the energy as well. It's definitely a time of thresholds. I know we say day and night, but the there's power in thresholds where mm-hmm. you know, one foot in the woods and one foot in the plains, one foot on the beach and one foot in the land or ocean. It's very it's a powerful place. You're straddling the, the liminal, the, the fringe, the place where witchcraft thrives. With that, the spring equinox you're moving towards the light. Yeah. Autumn equinox, you're moving towards the dark. So there's that, although they're, they're very related, they're opposite each other on the wheel. The balance. They're headed with momentum somewhere. So the momentum is different. For me, it's a time of courting the sacred kinship that one has with the land, one has with, with our gods and our own sovereignty. You know, if Belton is the time of the sacred marriage, well, we're in that period of courtship being up that we are both the courted and court or quarter it's also for me for spring equinox when spring begins i don't start counting it on the traditional calendar i ignore them Equinoxes when I count spring. For me the equinoxes and the solstices always feel like a bit of a dance like a bit of a divine dance because because they're opposite each other and yes here here we are going towards the light with Josie you're going towards the dark and it's kind of like with the solstices the longest day shortest night you know whatever it, it almost feels like a, like a divine dance for me isn't that in the Tiffany Aching novels I think I'm trying to remember if it was the equinox or you haven't read the Tiffany Aching novels either have you it's Terry no. Pratchett so Terry Pratchett put out as he has of course his Discworld books and he does the witches and then there's like his newer or the most recent subset of books that he wrote before his death was the Tiffany Aching novels where she's a witch. You should read them. They're absolutely fantastic. They're like highly recommended reading for my, for my seekers. And there's at least one book. And I want to say that it happens at the equinox where she goes and she observes uh, essentially a Morris dance basically, but in a time of transition. Anyway, that's the visual that I sort of highly recommend. It's kind of as an aside, what I've really liked about these Sabbath specials, especially at the the solo ones, the equinoxes and the solstices, is it is like we're kind of just passing each other and giving a high five as we like one goes up and one goes down. That's very true. I think it's 
you know, the the solstices and the equinoxes are considered the lesser holidays. But for me, for all of the reasons, James could have plucked all of that right out of my brain. Equinox is something special. <laughs> Equinox is something special because I think witchcraft exists in that ever-present change space that this is like energetically, magically a really powerful time. Well, we're a tradition of transition, right? Mm, yeah, um, definitely. Well, it's the autumn equinox here we're coming up to here in the southern hemisphere and it's, it's been really interesting this year because it's actually it kind of just hit the first of march and it's like autumn's just someone's pulled a switch <laughs> we've got our first rain the first proper rain in a few months and it's cold i'm wearing a jumper and socks which is pretty nice so it, it feels very autumny it's really come on all at once but before I start talking about what I'm going to do for the autumn equinox and start throwing shade at the word Mabon, <laughs> let's talk about what we each do for the holiday. It makes sense to hear from you spring guys first, I think. Well, for the family, the kids enjoy finding eggs, but we're going to do the whole hiding eggs and all of that. For me, it is when I either move the plants from the greenhouse to outside or I direct so the ground. Um, it's wonderfully lovely in my viewpoint that the local agricultural cycle lines up with our will of the year the way it does because they're like, oh, uh, lore-wise, it's the time of planting seeds. Well, literally, it's the time of planting seeds because the last fraud state is right about now. Beyond that, we're not going to do too much. There's a bit of post-COVID things going on, so not too much coven-wise. We'll have a small right uh, mark the turn our bit in helping the wheel shove along. We might do something with our seeker who's poking the door and I'm corning beef from scratch. Ooh. So yeah, I got something like six pounds of beef in brine right now. It'll be done curing by then and cook it up. It's going to be great. I was going to say from scratch doesn't imply that there's a cow waiting outside, does it? (laughs) (laughs) You, You know, if I could have a cow i would but i have too many trees in the way on our land and i don't feel like clearing things i'm looking forward to the feast james when we all finally get together and meet because i don't think it's an if it's a when but i'm looking forward to this feast because whenever you post photos or talk about food i'm just like oh yes there it is this is what i've been waiting for today (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna braise it in beer with onions and garlic and a bunch of other good things it's gonna be great nice so for for me i like i will always concentrate this time of year on spring cleaning in the house you know sorting out magical items dusting them off getting them nice and polished if if i need to doing some rearranging in the house maybe but from like a witchcraft point of view from a wiccan point of view i'll concentrate on bringing in that light you know just making sure that we call in that light that that light is there that we use that light going forward yeah normally we will write a new ritual each year this year we are we are coming out of of COVID here in Wales and all the restrictions will be gone by the 28th of March. At the moment, we're allowed to meet indoors and we're allowed to meet outdoors. So it's nice that everything is kind of coinciding with with spring because we're kind of going back to that freedom and that light. So spring equinox here, as we're recording this, it's still early March and spring equinox often feels like in bulk take two up here in New England. It, it's sort of like the promise of spring. And so it is sometimes snowing during our equinox, our Sabbath night, which is really depressing. I'm quite done with snow. Our outer court equinox ritual calls on Apollo 
to bring the light and calls on Kore as the flower maiden. And we sing some poems to spring. Sometimes, depending on families and, and whatnot, we might paint eggs. So sort of following those other, like, I guess, like almost secular spring almost secular at this point, spring traditions of like egg painting. And for cakes, instead of cakes, we have a chocolate bunny. And so we we pass the chocolate bunny around. So that's like a big, one of my favorite parts of the ritual is like, who's going to get go for the ears and who's going to go for the tail. And then if you're far enough along in the circle, you're really just left with like a little bunny paws or whatever. I guess that's horrifying. We like to think a lot about eggs and bunnies. I'm going to put in the episode notes, the show notes, the bit from Eddie is heard. I'm like, eggs are for fertility, bunnies are for shagging. That's what it is. Explaining why Easter has the symbols that it has out of the pagan holidays. For my line, equinox, autumn or spring is a really important magical time, as I said. And we do coven rededication rites at equinox. So my seekers are going to be coming and they're, well, they're dedicants. They've dedicated to the coven. So they'll participate in the rededication ritual where we take oaths to each other and to the coven uh, and reaffirm the purpose of the coven. So I'm also looking forward to doing that since COVID has, you know, really slowed things down here as well. I guess for us, like kind of energetically speaking, autumn equinox for me is often the last Sabbath before things get a little weird at Samhain um, and going into the winter solstice or Yule. It's really that feeling of being at the top of the roller coaster. I think I've talked about this before, but getting to the very top of the roller coaster before you go down, down, down into the dark. So there's a lot of acknowledging in my work the balance and the like the equilibrium and the stability and all of that but also reaping what you've sown um we're picking tomatoes at the moment I've been making tomato relish with the tomatoes from our garden I've got beans on the vines I'm just looking out the window the lime tree has suddenly gotten full of limes just with all the rain it really is our second harvest margarita season is what I guess I guess so yeah if we could have some kind of fusion of like a Bloody Mary and a margarita with the lime and the tomato, maybe not. Well, you have enough and margaritas. A side, of, a side of heartburn. Yeah. If you have enough margaritas, you need the Bloody Marys the next morning. True. That's true. Night and day is a balance. <laughs> Light and dark, right? In terms of practice here, some of the folks in my witchcraft teaching group have written a ritual. It's their first ritual they've written. And a bunch of us are getting together to do that for the equinox. And again, it's celebrating the balance of light and dark. We've got different people playing different roles of light and darkness and things like that. So that's going to be really exciting. And coven-wise, I'll probably get together with my coven and do a ritual, which I have not written yet, but I will. But yeah, for me, it's always that acknowledgement of things are okay now. Things are going to get weird, but like we'll all be together and we've got those foundations in place. I think it's important just to mention at this point, there are different names that you might hear people use for these equinoxes. So some people call the spring equinox Ostara and the autumn equinox Mabon or Mabon. We don't tend to use those words and you won't find them used much in traditional Wiccan spaces because mm. it's based on bad research done by Aiden Kelly. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm going to call a spade a spade, and there's a spade on the table. There you go. James, it was going go. so well. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would really, really, really like when we get around to your autumn equinox, fall equinox, that we can just have a big dunking session on this. Um, I've given presentations about the history of these names and where they came from. But basically, yeah, these were coined by Aidan Kelly, who is a poet and a writer who's not particularly well favoured in many witchcraft circles. And they're not especially old names or particularly meaningful to many people. But so, you can call them whatever you like. On one of the names, in the southern United States, I've never heard it pronounced Mabin, which I think is the more correct way to say it. We put a drawl on it. It's Maybon. 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 That's the only way I'd ever heard it for the longest. And by the longest, I mean until a couple of years ago when I heard someone say Abin and I was like, what are they, what are they yeah. talking about? I don't I don't know what we're going on about. I think like just the Welsh person in the room, you know, I wouldn't say that mispronunciation is is misappropriation. But just as like being a language teacher, if there's a term that I'm unfamiliar with. I'm going to try and learn how that term is said in the native language. And yeah, you know, we can forgive people for pronouncing things the way that they read. You know, that's that's just how it is. Unless you hear it being said again, link back to our lambs and loaves with Lunasa. I remember the first time looking at that thinking, oh, no, I can't pronounce that. Why is that D and a H silent? Why is it not pronounced? And just with like Mabon, Ma- Mabon. They're letter the signifiers. They tell you to change the sound of the letter before. Old Gelga used to have dots instead, and they added H's because of modern keyboards. Right. It's like when keyboards yeah. came out when we were developing typewriting, a lot of people would, wouldn't just put the circumflex on the W in Welsh. So it's English's like fault. The it's English's fault. English's fault that there are H's in Irish. It usually well, that way. is English's fault. Yes. Yeah. Come for the paganism, stay for the linguistics discussion. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> to um, our new podcast. <laughs> What's interesting about Ostara, this is a this is a term that Aidan Kelly gave to this equinox, but it the name comes from supposedly an old Germanic goddess. But when you look into this more, this goddess is only referenced by a couple of people. So Ostara as a goddess is referenced by Jakob Grimm of the Brothers Grimm. In his book, he wrote a book called Deutsche Mythology, which is German mythology. And he mentioned this and he was referencing a much earlier work by the Venerable Bede. But nobody else has mentioned this goddess. And that word root, Ost and Ostra and Ostro, these all in these Germanic languages refer to East and things coming up and they were used to describe the the easter month and the the paschal season and all of those it's not likely there was a goddess so if ostara is a goddess she's a modern creation which is kind of cool i read somewhere i'm forgetting where but it is it's it's based on the root word for, for dawn as well which makes sense about things coming up i thought that was quite interesting the the, the light in the east sort of thing mm. yeah yeah um doesn't she get a doesn't she get a shout out in American Gods or am I making that up? Am I misremembering? I'm not sure. The Austrian. I'm going to look. I read the book once and I wasn't hugely impressed. She definitely has a shout out in Sabrina on Netflix where the, where the mean pagans 
come with their old gods, older than the witch's gods. And I just love the way they pronounced it, Yostre. Just, I loved it. Yeah, not especially old. The word is old, but as, as a goddess who is worshipped, it's probably no older than the 1970s, which is kind of cool in its own way. Anyway, let's talk about beginners and seekers. How, how do you start noticing or marking these times if you're just starting out? Does anyone have any suggestions? I would say for us, it is when, maybe when the first daffodils come up, but that's a lie because the first daffodils can come up here in Wales in like January and I'm like, no, it's too early, go back to sleep. But definitely when I see the daffodils coming up properly, it feels like spring. So for, for me, a marker of spring is daffodils. We've talked a lot about coven practices and I'm just thinking like, what could somebody working solitary or somebody who's just starting out do to notice or to celebrate this season? So I think equinox and spring equinox in particular is a really great time for intention setting. If you think about magic that people like it for the new or the for the waxing moon, I would say that kind of energy is amplified at around the spring equinox time. Anything that you want to develop in your life, plant in your life, grow in your life, but you have to think longer term than moon cycle magic right? So you can do work with seeds. We do this at Beltane, but our coven will plant intentions in the form of literal seeds uh, and then hope that they grow. You can do that individually for yourself. Pick something easy like beans, which grow very happily. Don't pick a difficult thing, but, you know, plant seeds with intentions in them. You could like put a little stake in the flower pot or in your seed bed I don't grow anything because I have a black thumb, but if you do, um, like with your intention written on it, perhaps, or something like that. Also use eggs, feel free to paint or color eggs with all the different colors, right. To bring fertility in your life, not fertility in the womb necessarily, uh, for those of us who are child-free, but fertility in the forms of creative ideas or new opportunities, And then if you wanted to paint some of that, like maybe sigil magic onto your eggs, you could do that and then toss them into like a running body of water would be my advice. Or I guess you could always bury them as well. Those would be like my two big things. If you just want to honor spring and welcome spring and and sort of really use this as a moment to acknowledge the wheel of the year and the passing of time, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with hot house flowers if that's all you can get your hands on. So I will often just start buying brightly colored flowers for my house so I can just say it's spring now. I've decided regardless of what is happening outside. And I, so I think like delving into those and if there are local traditions as well, like the Welsh Saints Day uh, here in Boston, St. Patrick's Day is obviously a big deal here. Um, the Irish community, Irish American community is rather large. And for me, I often think of St. Patrick's Day as one of like my first markers of spring as well. So look for those sort of like local local traditions or local land. If you do some research into the the native, the indigenous peoples of your area. I really like Josie, how you talked last time about the um, different way that the indigenous peoples of your area spoke about the seasons. And I think that's encouraged me to do more of that research as well. Yeah, it's important to sort of take that into account where you can, especially if you're in a very large, on a very large continent, like Australia is made up of so many much smaller indigenous countries really and there are parts of Australia like here in the south eastern corner it's it is very much 
in lots of places is very English because we do get the four seasons. We have oak trees, we have hawthorn hedgerows, we have all of this. But there are parts of Australia where they have two seasons. They have the wet season and the dry season. And there are no trees that drop their leaves. So there's no actual markers of autumn and things like that. And in some places like that, Indigenous peoples recognise maybe three seasons or two even. So it really depends on your geography as to how you mark these things, I think. Does anybody else have any suggestions for seekers? So I was going to jump on the whole planting seed things like he said. Do it both literally and figuratively. But beyond that, do Easter things if they're going on in your area. I'm going to rant a little bit about St. Patrick's Day. There's nothing wrong with pagans celebrating St. Patrick's Day. And All Snakes Day is bullshit. In the U.S., for those who don't know, people will often use an alternate name to St. Patrick's Day called All Snakes Day because they think that the snakes are symbols of pagans and Christianity was chasing snakes or pagans out of Ireland. Can you just not? I just... No, I'm sorry. Like, you're right. I just am always surprised that we continue to make up, like, pagan history. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, and I just... I, I gotta I gotta call it out. It, there was never snakes in Ireland to begin with, well, and we know this from the fossil record. And snakes never represented pagans. There's nothing wrong with enjoying whatever St. Patrick's Day is to you. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Can we just not talk about all snakes day? I was just like, can we just not? Can we just stop making up oppression? Like I, there I got- was there was real historical oppression that that happened that we could just use. We don't have to make up the burning times or like i, I got you we're, we're, we're on the same page i got i got yeah. what you're putting down no Oof. yes can we can we just not and all snakes day is is bs as much fun as it is to celebrate paganism pagan pride day is a good time to do that all right rant over <laughs> i've never heard of all snakes day put some green in your beer if you want to of course, St. Patrick's Day on its own is a is like kind of an Irish American, like an Irish American holiday, not not an Irish holiday. And um, mm. what it's become right. because of its timing, you know, this I think of it because it's all about the green. Is like yes, I think it's I think it's cultural magic that we're doing that we're invoking all this greenery. Like spring is coming. No, a hundred percent, I agree. I mean, it's very much a a U.S. contemporary pagan non-initiate thing but i run into it every year this time of year all over the place i think it it probably ties back to all that sort of celtic romanticism of the 70s 80s and 90s that was so intertwined with paganism i think touch wood i think with writers like mara starling and and more kind of like actual celtic writers um laura o'brien i think a bit of that is going touch wood (laughs) but um it's certainly still there. You're not a Celtic shaman, and that's okay. You don't practice Celtic Reiki. It's not a thing. No. Nope. She's <laughs> like, what? You can't say this. We said it. <laughs> no, that's not my face. You guys keep misreading. My face is Celtic Reiki. Like, I must, I'm living in a hole, but I'm, I'm really happy to be in this hole, apparently, because whatever is happening in these, I've never... Reiki is literally a Japanese word. Like, yes. It's like my my whole bugbear with with anything Celtic, any anything Celtic. If you stick the word Celtic on it, 
it must it must make it Celtic. But I think what a lot of people forget is that there are like six, really six Celtic nations, not just the four. You know, you've right. got you've also got the you've also got the Island Man in with it. You've also got Cornwall. You've also got Brittany. Yeah, I just my my, my whole bugbear with. I want to sell a book, so I'm going to put the word Celtic in front of it, and then that makes it thousands of years old. No, it doesn't. It's off. it's not a thing. Stop saying it. Rand over. Um, it's so broad as well. Like I'm just going to join in on this, and then we're going to get back onto the script. I promise. But it's so, it's just so broad as well. Like it'd be like if I'm like, yeah, I'm an oceanic pagan. <laughs> yeah, like what's, what? What is that? What? What is that? What? What? What do you believe in? What do you do? Yeah. I think for me it's so confusing because I'm not even remotely ethnically Celtic. My people are German and Italian for the most part. And so like I've never gotten, I've never been excited about the Celtic thing. Anything that says Celtic, I kind of just drive by because I'm like, oh, okay. Like that's cool. There's nothing to do with me. So I'm like always fascinated at how many people like are drawn to the it makes perfect sense to me if you are of Celtic stock. The Celtic romanticism thing, I have always personally felt kind of confused. But then again, I am obsessed with Greco-Roman mythology. So we all have our own personal issues. So there you go. There's nothing wrong with feeling special about your ancestors and... Or even cultures that aren't your ancestors. Or or even cultures that aren't your ancestors and just being interested in their stories and their mythology and all of that. It's another thing to just kind of insert yourself... (laughs) into that culture as a living culture and be like heck yeah I'm Irish and it's like are you though anyway let's go back to the script Josie so that brings us around to the end of this episode oh I don't think it's us does it no I mean we drifted really far (laughs) out out of the lane but I don't I'm mostly because I wait for to hear what James is gonna say and then I go tell my mom friends um, like my friends who have kids. And I'm like, guess what James just talked about in the podcast? You should plan on doing this with your kids for the Sabbath. And they get super excited. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's very valid. No, Sorry. No pressure, James. Plant seeds. Do some things with eggs. By the way, one year we, we didn't bury them or put them in water. We put them in a fire and they exploded. Tons of fun. Um, yeah, that's about it. This is pretty standard. There's nothing super exciting about this one. What about you, Josie? What would you suggest for um, seekers and beginners to do for... Autumn Equinox. Besides, don't call it Mabin. Don't call it Mabin. That's probably a good start. Certainly, uh, really focus on that idea of reaping what you've sown. Focus on all the plans and the things that you've maybe start to delay in over the warmer months and really notice that in another month or so, we'll be bringing the walls in. The world gets a little bit smaller in that darker half of the year. And the work becomes more introspective and inward working. So really focus on putting into motion some of those plans that you've been thinking about. All the the one day plans, one day I'll blah, blah, blah. Really start trying to put some energy into those while you still can. So that just about brings us to the end of this episode. Today we've talked about some background information on the equinox. We've talked about what we each do for the equinox and we gave a few suggestions for beginners and seekers too. So the meteorological spring or autumn started on the 1st of March in most places in the world. In February, we talked about how both Imbolc and Lammas are at that promise of fruition, growth and change, albeit from different directions. Um, If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you're sort of starting to reap what you've sown now. 
So take that time to reflect on your harvest and what might lead you to it. Many of us in the Northern Hemisphere are starting to put our planting into actualization. Now is the time to think on what are the outcomes you might want to plant those small seeds and to make sure you're doing the work, capital W, that you need to get done to get you there. So as a reminder, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at as Circle Talk for Witches. That's a four as in the number. Twitter as Circle for Witches. Or you can email us at circletalkforwitches at gmail.com. If you've had any questions, queries, thoughts, or ideas for future discussions even, just get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. And from all of us here at Circle Talk, merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. <laughs>